TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging. Well, Marcus Pierce here with you, coming uh, to you from the back seat of my car in Byron Bay, and I'm going to head over to Perth to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch, my brother from another mother, the founder of Forage Cereal, Vita Lifestyle, chiropractor, naturopath extraordinaire. He's on the west coast of the country, the great Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, mate. How are you, PC? Oh, look, it's all a bit adrenalized at the moment. Let's be honest. I'm in the back seat of my There's car. Gee, good. <laughs> That's pretty good. Come on, ride in my car. Dun, 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 dun. No, that, don't know about the next one. About um, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. But um, it's all happening. You are, you are so committed. I have just learned from you that you are on the west coast of Australia about to do a practitioner-only microbiome uh, course. Because you couldn't tee up your calendar to do it in Melbourne where you live or in Sydney or in Brisbane. And so you have flown over with Jess Norton, I believe, to study the microbiome, yes. to further your knowledge um, all the way on the other side of the country. How incredible are you? Oh, not incredible. I think it's just, you know, you, sometimes you've got to do these things. And um, you know, I would have preferred to have stayed in Melbourne to have done it, but you know, if opportunity doesn't present, you've got to make opportunity present, and that's what I did. No, so, I, um, I, I think... saw it was available. Yeah, sorry, go on. No, I just thought it was available, and I said to I said to Michelle at Metagenics, I said, you know what, the only way I can do is Perth, and so Jess and I will come over and we'll do it in Perth, and so we, we are. Here we are. I just so hope it that... In a few, it starts in about half an hour. I just hope, and this, this is the other, the, the other level of, of your commitment. Uh, I just hope that people listening understand and appreciate what to look out for in a really good health practitioner because so many health practitioners are so just comfortable. You are doing what is inconvenient, what is uncomfortable. I know you already you've been in Brisbane this week um, and now you're over in the West. I, I kind of thought we could talk about the microbiome on this episode because it's such a key <laughs> pillar of aging well, but now I wonder whether we talk about doing things that are inconvenient and uncomfortable. I'm not going to give myself a massive pat on the back here, but it's Saturday morning. I left home at 6 o'clock because I've got the Wellness Summit on in a couple of weeks. It's my birthday next week, and I thought I really want to celebrate my birthday. My mum and my sisters are coming up, so I'll take a few hours out of Saturday morning and Sunday morning when the kids are just chilling anyway, and I'll, I'll come into town and, and, and prepare for the summit. But you're doing the same thing, and it's this inconvenient step that I think in many respects, is sometimes the measure of success. Well, it's you know it's definitely a measure of commitment, but I think you only remain committed to something that you're passionate about. You Good know, you, I wouldn't do this if I wasn't passionate about it. Would you I? You wouldn't like, fly over know, to Perth to watch Melbourne play football. Or you know, no, well, because well, you know, well, you know what I mean. You, you'd go to Richmond, yeah, because yeah. she's passionate about Melbourne. Yeah, go to so Richmond. Yes, that's right. Well, this is the point. So we were. You know, to go back to that point, when you sit down and you talk about something that you're really passionate about, you'll do whatever you can to make sure you are really good at it. And, um, um, or a really, in the case of, you know, watching Melbourne play at the, um, in Western Australia, um, 
Amber did that a couple. Was it last year? I yeah, think she, yeah, she did it last year for the final series. And, and so she was so passionate about it. She wanted to be a great supporter. And so she's like, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over to Perth. I said, Good, good. Let's go. You know. So she went with her mum, and the, um, and they were disappointed. But you know, <laughs> not that, that not that that in any shape or form made it very you know Melbourne any more successful. It's just that the passion was there. So I think it's the passion, not necessarily the success. So it's definitely passion. Okay, so now you know then, I mean? yeah, I totally I mean? like yes, but I could bang on about this. It doesn't have this. to be successful. Yeah, well, it doesn't have to be successful for you to be passionate about it. You know what I mean? So, um, not yeah, saying you, yeah. that in practice I'm not successful because I am, but I I really really love understanding the microbiome, and I think there's a lot of misinformation out there, and there's a lot of hullabaloo and rubbish being sprayed about by you know very. Um, successful entrepreneurs that just want to flog product. And and I don't think that's helpful to people who are um, who are needing to get their gastrointestinal system under control. So I want to learn more about it. The more I learn about it, the more I can help people. All righty. So now I am because I feel like I'm banging on about this all the time, about passion and purpose and everything. We're going to park that because you've just mentioned hullabaloo and the charlatans <laughs> in the industry that are just trying to flog product. So now let's go into this. Oh, Captain Gut Health, what is the hullabaloo that people are getting sucked into at the moment around gut health and the microbiome? Oh, dear, Piercy. Like, there's there's a lot. There's a lot. Um, there's a lot that you can inquire about with the gut. So you can do all kinds of, you know, different tests. You can inquire about whether you've got parasites or you've got a, a dysbiotic condition within the gastrointestinal system. Um, and maybe you do, but there's not a lot of clinically relevant information that comes from that. So you might find out that you've got X, Y, and Z, but you can't do anything about it. Um, and and what the unscrupulous practitioners or entrepreneurs might do is sell um, – kits or programs um, to uh, rid the body of parasites that can really harm and affect the body oh. without much success and without a whole lot of um, evidence to say that it actually um, works, um, is safe and is effective. So I, um, I have a lot of concerns with that. You know, people that are practicing outside of the, out of the regulators, I suppose, scope to be able to control it means that you're getting a lot of backyard operators uh, doing stuff um, that's that's way outside of the, the scope of, you know, someone who has very little qualification um, but is making outrageous claims. So that concerns me. What concerns me even more is that when um, qualified health practitioners uh, team up with these people and um, and, and that really concerns me too because cool. it's misleading, misleading for the patients. Okay, this is uh this this could go down this could go down some pretty big paths. I firstly want to ask you so parasites is a big concern for you in that people are jumping at shadows too much with parasites. Would that be a fair headline? Yeah, look, parasites um, are there. You know, parasites are in our environment. They they live on our bench tops. You know, they live on the floor. You know, if you're chucking if you chuck if you drop your vegetables on the floor so that they roll away and pick it up and put it on your plate after the three-second rule, like if you're doing things like that, you might actually pick up a parasite. Our kids, facetious, I've, got a, I've got a story for you then on this. So yeah, our kids yeah. have got um, Darby. Okay, I'm just going to use Darby because I'm pretty sure this is accurate. 
So Derby had or has Giardia? He would have had it, yeah. Right? Went on a protocol of herbal mm-hmm. drops. Now, again, I love these people, so it's not about – they're not they're not charlatans, right? But so had had the drops, and I'm pretty sure, and I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that either the, Gar- the Giardia was gone, but when he was retested, there was another parasite, or – the Giardia was still there after the protocol and there was another parasite. And I was like, I said to Sarah, this is all about when Spencer was about to be born. I'm like, babe, I'm sick of the kids waking up every morning going, I don't want to have these drops or I've got to have more of this and I don't have this. They're on this, uh, I don't know what it was, some agar agar or some type of prebiotic something or other. And I was like, there's too many frigging powders and potions on our bench top. And we got them retested and then there's more of something, not less of something. It's like, let's just let the kids live. We've got enough going on at the moment. Let's let the kids live without another another item on the to-do list. I feel like our kids are already overwhelmed with stuff that they've got to do, whether it's packing their lunchbox or hopping in the car. Let's just cut it because mm. maybe their bodies are just developing and this is all a natural part of development and we've just got to cool our jets on on something that can be tested. Is that... Am I irresponsible or am I maybe just letting nature run its course or is there is there a middle ground I need to uh, um, look at? Because I'm guessing that that's essentially where where you're coming from. It is essentially where I'm coming from, PC, because there, I mean, <clears throat> maybe Darby had some symptoms, maybe he did. Um, but parasites, you know, kind of come and go and they live in environments, they live in environments that they can... Um, thrive in and they won't stay in an environment if they can't thrive in it so essentially the reason why a parasite would live there is one there's fuel for the parasite and two the environment suits it so it enjoys the housing it enjoys the infrastructure um it loves the nightlife it you know it really (laughs) enjoys what it's doing in the gut you know it's good it's cozy everything's terrific that's the only reason why a parasite will live there. If it finds a suitable host, it will live on and in that host. Now, whether or not the parasite creates symptoms um, or not, one second. Sorry. That's all right. It's early over here. I've got a little frog in my throat, so I just had to clear that. I, uh, you know, whether or not that parasite um, creates symptoms on the body um, is another thing. So, look, the symptoms could be anything from pain or nausea or vomiting, bloating. Darby um, woke up with a sore uh, tummy. He'd wake up with a sore tummy. I've got yep. a sore tummy. Yep. So could we? Yep. Here we go. So there's a symptom. Um, there might be iron deficiency, or there might be other minerals um, that are being lost. Um, there could be bleeding. You know, all different things um, could be happening as a result of a parasite, depending on what the parasite does to the body. So, Giardia, we know, comes from water, um, and it, it's very common cause of. Um, you know, uh, like um, diarrhea and and infirmary. You know, in children that can be very very dangerous. Um, but it, and it needs to be managed. You know, safely if it's active and if you know if it's actually causing really bad symptoms. But in the absence of really bad symptoms, or in the absence of something um, that's life threatening or incredibly uncomfortable or really really bad, I question whether or not we need to be. Um, chasing these parasites and trying to murder them and trying to drop nuclear bombs on them when really what we could be doing is maybe making the environment shift a little bit, you know, put some 
other um, bacteria or yeast or maybe create a, a slightly unpleasant environment for them um, that, you know, might involve some herbs. You know, th- that's because of my thinking, you know, because as a herbalist and a naturopath, that's what I would use. But in the mainstream sense, they might use pharmaceutical interventions to be able to clear this out. Like a common parasite is the old common worm, you know. Every, every kid I know who ever – you know, played with a cat or played in a sandpit has has got worms, and um, and then they've gone and taken combatrum, and and that's been a really effective um, treatment for for worms. So much so that there's a concern that we may not actually have worms enough these days to actually improve our immune system. So you think about all these things that are, are parasitic to the human body. Yes, they're parasitic, but the word parasite makes it sound scarier than what it is, <laughs> if that makes sense. And I'm loving this. So I'm just rubbing my belly at this. I love it. Keep going. This is great. It's kind of like the word cancer. Like there's some things that are cancers, but, you know, by classification, but they're Well, Spencer's a cancer so in his star sign, and I'm scared for the name of his star sign because I associate the word with the <laughs> chronic disease. He's a cancer, and I'm like, he is not. He's not dying. <laughs> <laughs> Such the word well, has it, such, you know, a, such an effect. The word has an effect. You know, if we, I wonder whether if we look at Dr. Emoto's, um, you know, words on water, the effect on words on icicles and that sort of stuff, I wonder whether or not the word cancer has a different effect on water yes. um, than what it did maybe 100 years ago. But it's, um, it's interesting because just because you've got a parasite doesn't mean you've got to kill it. So I had a lady in the other day who's complaining of, some dysfunction, a little bit of um, bloating, um, which really, you know, it gets her down. And I, I don't want to trivialise the symptoms that she's experiencing. Um, and there's been a diagnosis of a parasite. So I said, look, what one approach to this could be: we could take a longer approach at this, and like really nourish the gastrointestinal system, um, put in there some ingredients that would assist in microbial flora growth. Um, so that we could um, allow a, a more healthy microbiome to exist, as well as we could diversify the diet, as well as what we could do is um, throw in some uh, probiotics that would challenge the existence of the parasite. But that might take us 60 to 90 days to get a really great result. Um, and I looked at her and she looked at me and there was this urgency, like a big puppy dog eyes, big urgency, big tears welling up. I really just want to clear this parasite. Mm. And I said, okay, so the, here's, the, here's the challenge, is that if we go in there and we put in some herbs, um, we will create a little bit more dysbiosis. But I, I don't mind doing that. I don't mind doing that if, if it's you know checked and we're doing it for short periods of time. So we might create a little bit of dysbiosis. Um, dysbiosis is a microbial imbalance. Um, might create a little bit of dysbiosis over a space of a short period of time, but we'll do everything we can to protect the beneficial bacteria. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean um, only eating kimchi or kombucha or kefir or anything like that. It doesn't necessarily only mean doing that. It also means that you've got to use uh, ingredients that have been shown to block the ability of uh, a parasite to to live and to survive, but also to encourage the ability of uh, beneficial bacteria to grow in greater numbers. Now, my goal over say, a 14-day period is not to kill the parasite. It's just to create an environment that's not good enough for the parasite to thrive. So that will mean that 
um, other bacteria have the opportunity to take over and survive and thrive um, so that the parasite, hopefully, will just leave the body. That's that's what ideally I want to see. So that's a more conservative approach to, I suppose, managing a parasitic infection. And in quite a lot of cases, that will be more than enough. Um, in some cases, you may need to step it up a little bit and you may need to do some more hardcore um, herbal intervention or more hardcore pharmaceutical intervention to clear a parasite, but really only if there's some significant um, symptoms, stuff that's kind of life-threatening. Does that make sense? Absolutely. So for me, this might sound oversimplistic, but is it not as, uh, um, isn't it as simple as having a really good range of probiotics that are varied and you're not just having the same LGG every single day, but you're actually varying it up, which I know you've spoken about before on this podcast, so that you are outnumbering and making, as you said, making the environment uh, somewhat uncomfortable, extremely uncomfortable for parasites to live so that they'll they'll live their natural cycle and then they'll be gone? I know that's very simple. Yeah, to some extent, well, well no, it's a great thing to, to bring up, mate, because what we might find in terms of quantities of bacteria or uh, colony forming units um, in food might be in the millions, like it might be in the tens or hundreds of millions um, per meal in food. Otherwise, it would become untenable and, you know, you, you could actually get an infection from the food that you're eating because the bacteria levels would be too high. So food's not going to have truckloads of bacteria. So what you might hear is a probiotic food like a kefir or a sauerkraut or a kimchi It'll have a certain amount of bacteria on it, but it'll become incredibly unpleasant um, and your body have a massive reaction to it if there's too much bacteria in it. Does that make sense? Yeah. But then when I'm looking at probiotics, they're talking about, you know, each yeah. capsule has billions of of, yeah. of bacteria yeah, in there. Exactly. My point, exactly. So we would expect that um, the capsules that we get uh, that contain probiotics would be far more potent because of the quantity of bacteria or colony-forming units in a capsule. So let's say, for example, we're talking LGG, um, the product that I would use to you know, help people with um, allergies and sensitivities, hay fever, all that sort of stuff. My personal um, favorite. My personal okay. favorite. I always remember your Facebook yep. video when you had hay fever and you had like 13 LGG. <laughs> 12 a day. 12? 12 a day. I remember now whenever I'm yeah. feeling just a little bit under the weather, I just uh, double the dose. I mean, yeah. not, not 24. So I mean, like I'll have, you know, four four in a day and um, yeah. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you've got to have large amounts. So that's, let's say, 20 billion per capsule. Now, when we talk about the microbiome, we're talking about 70 trillion bacteria wow. that live inside the body. And so we're really needing to take a lot to influence um, the balance of the cultures that are inside the body. And in saying that, many of the probiotics that we take are what they call transient bacteria. So they don't necessarily have large quantities living inside the gastrointestinal system. Um, at any point in time, they kind of go in there, do a job, then leave. Um, but there's thousands of other bacteria that we don't know anything about. But, so we've got to kind of look at uh, what we know at the moment, and we know maybe half of one half of 1% um, about the, the gastrointestinal system. Um, and where we might say we know a fair bit right now, we do compared to what we knew 20 years ago, but we're just still so far off from really truly understanding how the microbiome adjusts and adapts and grows and um, how, we do, how do we significantly influence it. You know, to the extent that, we're still using uh, fecal matter transplant as a first line of defense for you know chronic chronic 
um, uh, infections from some bacteria that can cause, you know, um, death. So fecal matter transplant is, you know, it's such a, a novel treatment, but it's almost archaic. You know, it's, it's one of those things that's so it, it's a, a strange thing that you would consume another person's fecal matter. But poo, that's, another person's yeah. poo. <laughs> that's that's the most effective way to get on top of some infections. It's um, taking a whole foods diet to the next level. Yeah, totally. But that's that shows you that that's a total fecal replacement, a total fecal transplant. To, you know, hopefully save somebody's life. That's that's the extent. So we've got to go back to like a food processed feces um, that goes into somebody else's body to get that right. So that's fraught with danger as well. But at the same time, it has been shown to be incredibly effective for some things. But that shows you how little we actually know about influencing the thousands of strains that are inside the body. So my caution here is that if we don't throw if we're not cautious about it, like if we don't, you know, protect and honor the microbiome, protect and honor the gut, then we are making things even worse. And this is where I get frustrated because I've seen people do programs that they've been able to purchase online um, to kill off bacteria, um, to rid parasites and to, you know, reestablish cultures that have never been tried and tested, never been proven to be, you know, true or correct, um, but being peddled around in our industry. and um, and it doesn't, it, in many, many cases, um, it causes more problem than it actually solves. And, th- and that really, really concerns me. Well, I challenge any one of our listeners who are listening to this, uh, who is not coming to the Wellness Summit in a couple of weeks to come along because, Damo, your knowledge expands year on year. I just love listening to you on this. And we don't do enough of these episodes where you just take the stage and share your knowledge because you have so much knowledge to share and now that the wellness guys has retired we need to give this uh stage to you more to share your wisdom because there is so much in there and again if you're listening to this and you're going you are just ticking all the boxes for me Damo and if you don't have a ticket to the wellness summit coming up August 17 and 18 Damo kicks off the uh no he's second up at the wellness summit this year Kim Morrison kicks us off you kicked us off last year I think didn't you uh Kim Mm, Morrison you are second up uh, this year, and I swear to God, I just learn. I've, we've been doing this for over six years, um, and I learn something every time. Damien, this is your seventh wellness summer, but over 300 episodes of 100 Not Out, and I just, there are so many topics we need to talk about. So thanks for making the effort to travel to the west of this country to attend another event to learn and develop your scope. More as you said, our awareness of gut health is just in the... Um, infantile stages and I can't thank you enough for your commitment to the profession but also to humanity because uh, yeah, I could listen to you talk about this forever. So thanks for your wisdom as always, great man. Thank you, PC. Thanks, I appreciate it so much. It's always great to be doing these. I love these podcasts. I really do. I tell everyone about them all the time and um, you know, if you listen to this and you've got friends that should listen to it, make sure you share it with them. Tell them how to download a podcast. People still don't know how to do it so share the message. Share the love. We love doing it. And uh, PCO, I love your enthusiasm. You're sitting in the back of a car um, in one of the most beautiful places in Australia. And, uh, I and should be outside. Your battery's running out on your computer. <laughs> your battery's running out, loading your computer. 
Uh, but you, you're doing it all for everybody. So thank you so much for everything you do too, mate. Thank you. My pleasure. For more on Damo, folks, head on over to DamienChristoph.com, myself, MarcusPierce.com.au. And as I mentioned, just then, if you haven't got your tickets at the Wellness Summit, head over to TheWellnessSummit.com. We're coming at you from the Williamstown Town Hall in Melbourne, August 17 and 18 this year. That is TheWellnessSummit.com. Thanks to Joseph Tomo, our editor, Rosie Garner, who does our social media, and the entire team at The Wellness Couch. Until next time, thanks for your support and continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. The 2019 Wellness Summit is almost here. I love being at these events. They're always such a great, positive environment. It's been really great to um, listen to like-minded people and to um, meet a few people, actually. I've been to every summit and I've been to every one and I'll always keep coming. It's always inspiring. It's been a real eye-opener. We're actually signed up to go to the breakthrough now. It's very motivating. I think it's great to listen to people who are inspired. And there's always something to learn and something to take away. I think uh, for myself and giving myself that um, opportunity to, to learn. There's so much going on in life and everything that you can get distracted and forget the things that you should be doing. And this always reminds you to get back on track and, and um, to focus on the things that are important and holistic help. Just do it, yeah. Just yeah, suck it up and do it. It's, uh, it could be life-changing, yeah. I would say it's awesome and it's the start of changing your life. Come along, see what it's about, and enjoy it. It's an amazing event with like-minded, positive people, and you can't help but um, walk away feeling great. Positive Mentor presents the 2019 Wellness Summit, August 17 and 18 in Melbourne. Can you afford to miss out? Tickets at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.